0: This is Neil Freiman, managing editor at Morning Brew.
1: Thank you so much for for coming on, man. Um, you know, glad we were able to connect over the last couple of weeks and, and turn this around in a short time frame. So, so thanks again, man.
0: Yeah, it's great to have, to be uh, on your podcast.
1: Appreciate it, man. Cool. So. You know, uh, for those that don't know, uh, you know, they heard it at the, at the top there, uh, you work for Morning Brew, it's a, it's a um, you know, a, kind of a business newsletter, but you guys have, you know, opened it up into a bunch of different spaces as well, as well. marketing, e-commerce, retail, tech, um, and, you know, I've been following you guys for a while, love what you do. Especially the level of consistency. You guys just day in and day out, very succinct and very well done. Um, you know, want to get to that in a second, but before we get there, I would love to kind of learn a little bit more about your background and, and uh, you know, kind of how you came to be, you know, the managing editor at Morning Brew.
0: Sure. I mean, honestly, I'm just uh, kind of a regular guy. <laughs> I grew up in, uh, in Massachusetts, uh, an hour and a half west of Boston. So I have to say Massachusetts and not Boston because <laughs> everyone immediately goes to Boston, but it's it's a town called Longmeadow, right next to Springfield and also close to, to Hartford. Got you. So cool place, I uh, went to regular high school, then I went to University of Maryland for college, uh, which was a lot of fun and uh, it's right next to DC. So we hopped down to DC, big sports school, lots of stuff going on, tried to get involved there. Yep. Didn't really know what I wanted to do in life, you know, probably like most uh, most college students. I studied history and did, did various clubs, but still was like, I really don't know what I want to do. I'd always liked reading the news and writing, but it wasn't something that I actively was thinking about pursuing professionally. I wrote a few columns for the school newspaper there, but it was mostly, you know what I would do on the side and didn't put a whole lot of effort into it, even though I liked it. After school, I taught at a, at another school uh, another high school. And then I went to school for urban planning to, to go for a master's in economic development and urban planning at temple in Philly. Um, And I always, you know, that had been always like a big passion of mine um, sit walking around cities and making sure that they're human focused, uh, so I worked in that field for a year uh, before Morning Brew until I saw a LinkedIn post from Alex Lieberman, the CEO of Morning Brew. I had a few connections to the company, did not read it, didn't really know much about business news, but I read the newsletter and I was thinking, you know what, I, I think I could do this. I like making jokes about the news and writing and I always just love reading Reading all types of sources and a lot of different types of news, and Morning Brew really drew on anything from like a merger and acquisition to a, a study to the Fed to startups, and it like was uh, it was it seemed like a good place for me to like learn about a ton of different things. So I applied, and initially the company rejected me, and they went with another writer. So I was kind of bummed, but they actually couldn't kind of come to an agreement with the other writer. So I was the second place, and <laughs> and it, it's it's a testament to when they reject you, always send a nice email afterwards. So I, I sometimes go back to that email that I sent Alex. I was like, damn, well that it kind of sucks that I didn't uh, I didn't get it, but you know, let's stay in touch. I really like what you guys are doing. And then a few months later, he got back to me and said, you know what, let's let's do it. Um, so the rest of history. I moved up to New York. We were in a little incubator at, at NYU, just three or four of us. And then we went to a few WeWorks, hopped around there um, and grew from four to six to 10 to 15 to 25. And now we're over 85. So that's kind of the story. Wow,
1: man. Wow. I, I, and I gotta say, I just came across Morning Brew probably within the last year, definitely like eight, eight, ten 10 months ago, I came across yeah. it, but you guys have been around for the last few years, really kind of steadily growing. And uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I, I love the, um, there's two things that you talked about there, which I really love. It's really just number one, um, being curious to learn about new stuff that you don't know and really just jump it in like, oh, this could be a great opportunity. And when and when, when you're young, fresh out of school or just unsure of what you want to do that's like the best time to do it it's like you should be trying a whole bunch of different stuff to like see what sticks and what doesn't and i think especially for what you know i talk about and in in who i help in in artists that's like something great that to me that's just a different level of creativity you know what i mean it's like tilting the focus a little bit and being like hey you know it's just about trying new things to see what works and it's just a tactic right you know it's like you, you just try those new tactics to see what sticks and, and uh, it's great that you found that thing that, that you really enjoy doing. So you've been there for the last couple of years. Curious to know, you know, and you guys are actually one of the biggest like independent newsletters out there. You guys have like 2.5 million subscribers on on the Morning Brew one, which is just amazing. So I'm sure you've covered a ton of different stories over the years. Do you have a favorite story that you wrote and, you know, some somebody read it and hit you up about it or just like any kind of crazy stories or just fun and and nice stories about working there
0: there's a there's a few that come to mind one is every march madness we used to publish this story that about a study that said that there were a lot more vasectomies during this week (laughs) of march madness than any other week of the year and that's because like guys got together and said, look, we're going to be on the couch for a few days. Why don't we do it during the first two, um, during the first two days of March Madness when there's oh a bunch of basketball gosh. on. And that was, you know, that was like a small story that we picked up and wrote about and had like a bunch of funny puns about, yeah. uh, you know, the, the top seeds make it um, and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. you know, that one was always funny and got a lot of pickup. But the past couple of years, that ha- I mean, we didn't do it last year. And then this year, everyone's at home anyway. So it didn't really make sense.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but that always went, that one stands out. And then another one was this special newsletter we did last Memorial Day, where I, w- I wanted to do this concept where it was like, let's assume the pandemic didn't happen. What would Morning Brew have written about this day? you know, in the absence of a pandemic, and did like a special newsletter, where we basically were like, you know, let's like LeBron in the finals, like Sadia Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft said, like, you know, Google people or Microsoft can work from home for, you know, on Fridays. And, you know, that was crazy, because no one was working from home then. So, you know, it was really funny. And I mean, we got a lot of A lot of feedback, both positive and negative, a lot of negative people or a lot of people criticized it for being like, I didn't realize it was fake. Uh, You really freaked me out. Like there's so much fake news about uh, like out there already. Why are you guys adding to that? And then some people on the opposite end were like, this is a really cool experiment. Um, I'm glad you did it. And it really like opened my eyes to the way our world has changed, which was obviously the ultimate. The of it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a lot of fun. And then what we're doing now is is it's closing out. And again, it relates to March Madness, but it's a, a bracket related to the greatest product of all time. And we ran like a bunch of Twitter polls around uh, around various products. We selected a bracket. We had some cool graphics and now we're down to two as we record this it's google search versus microsoft windows oh there you go pretty much
1: that i was gonna say that that's a tough one man those are those are the top that's yeah. chalk a lot of chalk going down to the a lot other of <laughs> well um that, that's dope man that, that's great to hear it's always great when you um especially what you guys do it's like you 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 talk about real stuff but you say it in a way that is you know it's a little tongue-in-cheek there is that comedic element to it so it's not super stuffy where it's like here's the wall street journal here the new york times and it's just like super news based and then it's not too far the other way where we're like hey we're just a bunch of characters like you know shock jocks just saying a bunch of random shit it's like a it's a tiny sliver of that like the best kind of it to like make it more digestible and to make it fun right so it's not super stuffy but it is like extremely insightful and again the level of consistency that you guys do like day in and day out is just it's amazing and I think um I'm sure you know that's what you guys pride yourselves on too is really like delivering like every day
0: yeah I mean (laughs) I started, well, like I said, I started in June 2017 when I responded to that email and I went in the first day and I wrote the newsletter. And then I think I've written it every single day since for the last, you know, three plus years. We took, we take a little bit of a break during uh, Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's, but we still publish a newsletter. We just kind of do a more evergreen topics, So we don't have to be on, but yeah, just written a newsletter every day since it's, uh, it's a grind. There's no, there's no question about it every single day, every single afternoon, getting to getting into the newsletter mode, like, what are we going to write about? Um, So yeah, there's no substitute for hard work. Like I, I write it on Sundays, too. And you just make a lot of sacrifices. I mean, I haven't had a normal, not a normal Sunday, but like, every Sunday morning, I wake up and crank out the newsletter. And I don't go to brunch or anything so yeah um yeah I it There are definitely trade-offs for working at a startup and now we're hiring more writers and I'm training them and they're amazing I, I write less of the newsletter now and do more of the editing so it's like a process of delegating um but I would say you know for for consistency it's also like making making the work as easy for you as possible, knowing that you have to produce a newsletter. Like what is the easy? what are some tricks that I can pull that will just like re- reduce the burden every single day? So we've invested in tech, on, like that the company is invested in tech and I'm really grateful for it. That makes the process of sending a newsletter really easy. I've created some like standardized buckets um, in the newsletter that, you know, don't require so much like narrative thinking. It's like more like stats and quotes. And I'm like, all right, I can easily port that over and it's still great content. And just like another thing that, you know you don't have to take a, you know bash your brain against the wall um so yeah. yeah it's uh it's it's something you definitely have to love to do it every single day and i do love it um maybe i don't know what will happen in three years if i'm still doing the <laughs> newsletter every single day but right now i love it and you know every day is different so
1: that's awesome man and i think in in this kind of portion one of the reasons i wanted to have you on is really just talk about some of those things uh, some of those insights that you know independent artists can take away Um, from what it is that you guys do Um, and I wanted to start with that level of consistency because I think that's super important a lot of times artists are just like "Ah, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that and I think what you just said there really kind of developing I I think it's really um, it's really about developing a system like you were saying like hey what is the system I can like get myself into so that you know from day day one to day two or day one to day seven throughout the entire week, I know it's, it makes it easier for me to do. And it's not, yeah. Hey, how do I do this thing from scratch every single day to make this like relevant and funny or whatever it is for my audience? Cause like that is impossible. And I think everything, any successful business or, or idea scales up when it, when it's part of a system.
0: Yeah. That's been a, a, a challenge for me because I'm maybe not the most organized person, but when you develop process, it changes everything. Like we do a trivia game or a trivia slot at the bottom of our newsletter every single day. And having to think about what am I going to do for trivia every day? What am I going to do for trivia every day? Like that can cause so much stress and you know, you're just putting more work on your belt. So what we ended up doing is, okay, Saturdays, we have a crossword. Fridays, we do a brain teaser. Thursday, we do another game. And creating those, like, set things just make a life a lot easier. Then I can say, okay, yeah. like, this writer, you focus on the crossword. This writer, you focus on the this particular headline game, what we do. And developing those things, it's like, all right, we we delegated. Everyone is owning something. So they're doing it better than if one person was doing it like me and had my brain all scattered. Yeah. Um, So I I totally think that uh, developing systems, planning ahead, knowing what you're doing ahead of time as much as possible, uh, which I I think if you're not writing a daily newsletter, you can do a lot more of. I think a daily newsletter, you definitely have to be reactive to the day's news and you don't know what you're gonna put in the newsletter the next day, like 80% of the content. But if you are writing like a weekly newsletter or your newsletter is not as time-based or sensitive to the news cycle, you can definitely plan ahead and create structure where you're not bashing your brain before you put it out every time.
1: Yeah, (laughs) well said. Um, I want to, like I said, get into a little bit more of the newsletter and what it is that you guys do want to talk about growth, right? A lot of artists are starting their newsletters these days, um, especially once the pandemic hit, a lot of people are looking for different revenue sources, trying to add value to their fans' lives. So what do you think uh, is the biggest growth driver for you guys right now? Obviously, you guys are, you know, with 85 employees, you guys have a budget, so you're able to go out there and spend. um, But curious what, your biggest growth, I guess, two questions. Curious to know what your biggest growth driver is now and what you may recommend for somebody just starting out with a very limited budget. How can they help grow their their newsletter, their audience?
0: Yeah, so uh, it, a lot of our growth at the beginning of, of Morning Brew and now relies on reader referrals. And uh, we've developed, not, not we, but like one of the, the original guys at Morning Brew developed a referral system that gamifies sharing the newsletter it's been so effective people he gets hit up all the time about it um people are like teach me how you did this did you did you use a service or did you build it yourself but basically it gamified the referral system so that if you hit three referrals if you refer three people to morning brew then you get extra you unlock extra content if you hit five you get stickers if you hit 10 you get a mug you know it's it's very similar to a, like a loyalty program that any sort of big company runs, but, and it was pioneered by the skim newsletter, which was our predecessor kind of. So we took that and it, it drove so many subscriptions. I don't want to, or yeah, I don't want to say the actual numbers because I don't know, but like very, very significant amount of our growth was due to this referral system. It was, it's really cheap um and it creates a lot of like quality subscribers too because when your friend tells you that there's this awesome newsletter that i read every day like you should read it that person is probably going to be like a better subscriber than if you run like a scammy giveaway or you do some other like some other program where you're just like aggregating a lot of emails but you don't know if these people are actually prone to reading business news or like would like your brand so the referral program has been amazing. And that is definitely my advice for people starting out. Um, well, I'll, I'll, at first I'll say, yes, we are a big company now and have a, a large paid, paid budget for, for marketing. So at some point we like turn the, the spigot on and Facebook and Instagram ads did really well for us um, at the beginning stages of acquiring subscribers and now we've branched out, we, we place ads in other newsletters, which has been also effective because if you're a newsletter person, then uh, you're likely to, you know, read other newsletters that are adjacent to the ones you're already reading. So those have been super effective. And then we also have like gone into more influencer marketing. Now we sponsor YouTubers and other folks on social media who just say like, I read Morning Brew, uh, you should as well. So it's been, it's been both organic and paid. That's driven our growth.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think you hit on one thing in there too, um, with the referral thing. I, I think that's like, um, uh, one of the best ways for artists to, to grow it because it's like, Hey, if you're really adding value to a fan's life yeah. you know what i mean they're gonna refer you and they're gonna be they're now a super fan right if they were a casual fan now they have this opportunity they're like oh let me hit two or three other people about this so i can get this t-shirt like that shows you that they really care yeah. about you and if you can grow that number you know really kind of becomes a, a, a quality over quantity um in, in that regard and that that's really what you're looking for because your subscriber or, or excuse me your uh, your open rates are like 40 to 50%, which is like unheard of. And I think that um, is really just a testament to the quality of the people that you guys have.
0: Yeah. Two things that I'll suggest for people like to, to get the sharing priming pump going is don't, yeah. first of all, don't be afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. We, every single Friday, we used to say like, refer, please refer. <laughs> please refer, please refer. And to us, it seemed like a lot, but you won't, people won't refer unless you ask. Like, yes, some people will, but you won't get the volume you want unless you're like, if you like this newsletter, please share it with a friend. And I, you know, it may seem obnoxious to you, but it's really not that obnoxious. Like if people like the newsletter, then they'll share it. And if it added value to them, then, you know, they want to seek status with their friend group and be like, check out this cool thing that I read. And I think you'll like it. So you have to ask, or else you'll just never get the volume that you want. I mean, you can, you know, you can run a test and be like, okay, here's my referral numbers, and then the day you ask, the day you ask people to refer, it'll spike, and then keep going, and then it'll spike again, and that's just what we saw. And then another thing is just make it as easy as possible. Don't the more hoops that people have to jump through to to share, then the the more they're gonna get bored and just like go do something else. So, whichever way you can make it like the the sharing journey be like the fewest number of clicks, the fewest right. amount of think, the least amount of thinking, like the most spoon fed thing, like copy this, you know, referral jargon into your group chat. Um, do it now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, people, I'm not saying people are robots, but like if they're if you tell them to do that, they right. like it, yeah, it's so much. It just Will yeah. make your life so much easier to do something like that. Yeah, it's
1: really just instructing them because a lot of people, it's like, especially our generation, you know how to use technology, but it's also like, okay, what do you want me to do with this? Yeah, like, I, I need a little bit of guidance here as to how to use it so it's used in the proper context and like achieving the whatever the goal is. And yeah, well said. Um, do you know the do you know the service that you guys use for um, like the referral system?
0: We built it in house. Oh, you did, nice. Yeah.
1: Do you know of any other ones that, that are out there?
0: I can follow up. I know there definitely are uh, oh, you know referral you know third-party systems, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I think the, I, my bad, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I just <laughs> thought of the one uh, that's out there, Spark Sparkloop. Yeah. Sparkloop is one that's out there. Um, and they, uh, yeah, I forget exactly how it's set up, but I know they have some sort of referral stuff.
0: It's so for anybody
1: cool. listening, yeah, check those out.
0: Yeah. I think the, they're, they're very powerful. Uh, I can't recommend them enough, but like, again, just eat uh, probably every person's case is different. So if you're a yeah. newsletter, you know, I, a lot of sometimes things that work for us was like cross promotion. I know that's huge in, in podcasts, but if you have a friend who's writing another newsletter, that's not competing with yours. Um, you know, why don't you, and you have like similar size lists, then why don't you say like, why don't you promote mine? I'll promote yours. We'll both grow. That, that seems like a very effective way. And that's, that's worked for us as well. We still do that to this day.
1: Nice. Nice. Good to,
0: good to know. Thanks for sharing.
1: Want to talk about uh, two other things here. Um, uh, What do you, what do you guys think are, Well, again, kind of twofold question. What, are the biggest metrics that you guys pay attention to today when it, when it comes to your newsletter and what do you think are the biggest ones that people just starting out should be paying attention to?
0: Yeah. I mean, there definitely is the vanity metric, which is overall subscribers. Uh, you can get a lot of subscribers. It's cool to say you have a number of subscribers, but, uh, with email, something we really pay attention to is something you mentioned earlier, which is open rate. And that's the number of people that are opening your email every day. If you're open, if you have a million subscribers but your open rate is 2%, then uh, that's pretty crappy. That means <laughs> a lot of people, you know, people are seeing your email every day and not opening it or they send it to spam or whatever. So I would argue that that is, you know, that million is not something you should pay attention to. It's really the, the open rate that shows the level of engagement. So that's something that we uh, definitely pay attention to, and one thing we do is it, it's kind of sad, but sometimes we'll we'll definitely churn our list, which means that yeah. we'll chop down our overall subscribers. We'll say like, okay, these eighty thousand people aren't op- haven't opened for the last six six weeks. We'll send them an email, you know, an automated email, being like, are you are you there? Are you dead? Like, what happened? Are you still reading? Like, do you hate morning Brew? And then if they don't respond to that you know, we, we chop them from our list. And so our, our list is still growing. So obviously like the rate of growth is not, um, (laughs) is still exceeding the amount of churn we do. Uh, but I would definitely encourage people to keep a clean list for a number of reasons. First of all, you know, you keep your, your engaged fans around and you just don't need like extra baggage with with people who aren't opening it. And also it increases your like sender reputation via email. is really like annoying in many ways <laughs> and that it can go to promotions, it can go to spam, it can like get blocked. You know, the, the Gmail filters are are definitely a black box and you're not sure, but like the cleaner and more engaged your email list is, the likelier it is that people will see it. So that's just like another uh, another little trick that we've learned over the years with email
1: nice nice uh, uh just made me think of another question how do you how do you stay out of any advice on how to stay out of the uh the spam and in the promo uh so, folders?
0: yeah like there are certain websites i would just google this uh yeah. you can there's like certain words that you shouldn't use in subject lines or anything associated with spam like a billion exclamation marks, like Bitcoin, yeah. woo, um, <laughs> stuff like stuff like that. You definitely want to avoid because that'll definitely definitely trigger spam filters. Um, I guess,
1: yeah. I guess uh, you know that that's the best way to put it. it's probably if you think it's spam, if you think it's too too salesy, it probably is.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can also in our in our e- reader journey, you know, one of the emails we send is you should favorite this email. So that guarantees that it'll hit your primary inbox if it's like one of your, if it's like a favorited by a, a user. So right. you Or add it
1: to the contacts.
0: Yeah, exactly. Add it to contacts. Right. It's a little different for all the different email yeah, yeah. Uh, providers, but um, you should definitely ask your readers to do that to make sure your email gets in the right spot because You know, don't feel don't feel bad if your open rate goes down, but like it might be because your emails are just not you know not going to the right inbox. And like I said, you have to really spoon feed people, put the stuff in front of them, and if they have to click over one tab to find your your email, then you know you're just creating more distance between them and your product, and will your engagement will just inevitably go down. It could still be an incredible email, just people just one extra click could do a lot of damage.
1: Right, right, well said, well said. All right, well, before we get you out of here, uh, one, one kind of final question. Um, any tips for artists um, that are just starting out um, when, when they're creating a newsletter of their own? I, I'm sure you know of a ton of different people and brands that have their own newsletter. So just kind of curious your thoughts on, on any insights you might be able to share for you know, somebody who's, who's kind of in the music space.
0: I guess I, without knowing exactly what they would want to do, I would say define what you want to get out of it. Like, what is the value prop for the reader? Are you, or, or your, or your, or your intention for what it, what it means for you personally or your business? So is it like promoting your existing music? Is it like trying to drum up? Is it trying to drum up support for like an upcoming show? Is it is it like supposed to be like pure entertainment and you're not really trying to get out of it, but you're supposed to, or you're trying to like retain fans um, and get them, you know, excited for something you're launching very soon. Um, I would just like define what you're using this newsletter for initially, and then things will fall into place. So we, a lot of, we, our newsletter, like our value prop is to make sure that people stay up to date with business news. And if it doesn't fall under under that bucket, then we don't include it. Um, So we don't like try to drive people back to our website. That is like a value prop or a stated goal of many publishers like us. They have a website that they monetize and they use newsletter as a way to drive traffic back to the website. So it's very clear they have like a lot of links. They have a lot of like teaser stuff. There's, they don't really tell you the full story within the newsletter itself. Meanwhile, we want to tell you the full story because we don't have a website that we monetize yet. And we're just trying to give you everything in that one email. So that's like what we're just trying to accomplish that particular goal if we have other goals, then we may wanna use our newsletter for that, but um, we only, you know, we don't we do not do that. So I guess I would just, from an artist's point of view, I would say like, what am I trying to get out of this? Is it to, is it to like get my fans, is it just to stay in touch with my fans, like establish community? And then in that case, maybe you could do like a QA and a or other community facing things where you're really interacting with your fans. Um, if you're trying to launch a product, then you probably could design your newsletter letter in a different way to, um, you know, make it maximized for that. So that's my, that's my thoughts.
1: I uh, appreciate it, man. appreciate it. Well, we're, we're coming down to time here. Um, you know, before, before you uh, head out, just wanted to just check in and see what you're working on, what you're super excited about. Uh, where can people contact you if, if they have something, uh, you know, great story to share or anything like that. And then lastly, What would the name of your personal playlist be? That's my uh, Jesus and Marrow question. Uh
0: I got it. Okay, Um, let's see. So the first one, what am I excited about? I'm excited that we're growing our team, honestly. We're, We're hiring a bunch more writers to extend Morning Brew beyond just a daily newsletter into more of like a media company. So we're putting out way more video content. We're putting out more audio content. We're writing for the website and doing fun things like on social, like the greatest product of all time bracket. So I'm really excited to use the daily newsletter to like grow all these other franchises at Morning Brew and also use those franchises to bring in people to Morning Brew as well. So, you know, if, you, if anyone knows any like amazing creators that focus on business news or, in, or news in general, like send them to Morning Brew. Like we're definitely hiring really fast and we just want like the best people on board. So that is like definitely something I'm excited about.
1: Nice, that's dope. Uh, you guys gonna be? Uh, I'm sure you guys have thought about this idea, but you guys gonna be starting your own coffee line at some point here.
0: <laughs> I mean, yes, we've like thrown around for the last three and a half years. I don't. <laughs> our mantra has been like, stay focused, stay focused, stay yeah, focused. Yeah. keep the so, main thing the main thing. Uh, maybe now's the time to like play in the sandbox a little bit. But um, there you go. I would say keep your eye out.
1: Hey! nice love it love it and Uh yeah where can where can people get at you if if they you know want to send you some stuff
0: they can email me at neil at morningbrew.com n-e-a-l at morningbrew.com or i i have a twitter too which uh i i I mean i'm I'm on twitter all the time i don't really tweet a whole lot but i find it to be an amazing place to connect with people and consume news uh and laugh like there's so many funny people on twitter so yeah man, that, I, I kinda
1: i i agree it's uh i used to be big on it and now i don't tweet as much but i'm on there probably every day every other day i use it as a source of news too like i have yeah. my list where i'm like scrolling through and in in uh checking out what's in real time
0: yeah so i you can you can find me on twitter and then yeah the final thing was what what's the name of my oh yeah, yeah your personal
1: playlist
0: probably like It'd be called "Don't bother me" because I don't when I when I work and I, I and I write and I edit like I need to focus completely. I can't I can't even listen to any music. So what I do is I have this. Here's a good plug. This this website called asoftmurmur.com softmurmur.com. Okay. It's basically like a background noise generator. You can add like coffee shop, uh, thunder, rain, wind. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So that that honestly is like what I listen to all the time. I love music, um, but I think I like it too much because I just get distracted and I can't focus. Yeah, I'm. So that's listening. my playlist. It's like I listen to like rain and thunder <laughs> for like eight hours a day. And yeah, but
1: uh, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. I can't I can't do sounds in the background. And I actually it's funny you mentioned that too. Like last week, I started. There's a bunch of like YouTube channels that have like this crazy like imagery. Mm-hmm. But it'll be like coffee shop sounds and it'll be like this moving, slow moving picture. Um, it's kind of like those um, lo-fi hip hop playlists that, yeah. that
0: have been popping up over the last couple of years too. I can listen to those, except they just get repetitive. I hear the yeah, same thing over again. I'm like, there there isn't any new music in this in this genre, like they keep the same things over and over again so yeah. i i i sometimes go to that if i'm sick of the rain but uh yeah the most part it's 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 what i listen to and yep. just is everything out there you go man
1: all right well neil appreciate the time once again man glad you could come on and, and glad we could make it happen so quick and and thanks for sharing a lot of the insights and and you know what, what's helped made you guys successful
0: for sure thanks for having me absolutely